Vincent the Dude. Hey, good Monday afternoon from Freight Alley, everybody. Back in studio, my friend. Yeah, what a great little trip we had out to Roanoke. We went over to Ballyhack as guests of USA Truck and Tim Gwynn over there and James <sighs> Reed. James yeah. Reed, by the way, he, uh, I don't know if it's just because, you know, America's Truck or USA yeah. Truck put that on, but everyone there, we asked the holes, they were like, James Reed's going to win this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody we asked was, James Reed's going to win it. James Reed's going to win it. <laughs> no doubt about it. He's a well known golfer. My favorite part of the outing was when this goat right here reviewed your potato salad. <laughs> That uh, this goat right here. Reviewed when this goat right here. This goat right here. Hey, you see that? <laughs> you spit on me, man. Look, and, and I'm going to tell you what I was reviewing that with Anthony uh, Anthony Smith. Yeah, he's like, dude, that that goat was coached, man. It, it comes from the bowels. This this guy put his hips into it and everything. To oh get yeah. That spit on me, no, we should, that, that goat never misses a cue. Severely intentional. He never misses a cue. He was his timing was impeccable on that one. Timmy the goat. What was your takeaways from the trip and the event, though? So, well, I got a stain on my golf shorts from that spit from the yeah. goat right there. And uh, also, you know, the the uh, the uh, commitment professed by James Reed and Tim Gwynn to yeah. Folds of Honor, very, very real. They are very, very much committed to making that happen. Yeah, there's a big focal point on that, on making that, oh, uh, absolutely. Making that happen, getting that Fields of Honor out there and honoring that color guard. It was kind of yeah. nice because things have been so shitty in society. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, yeah, it, it was no nice to just about it. Unifying things, and that's a point that came up too. Was was charity can unify people? We'll talk to Nashville Transportation Corp. Yeah. Is that a charity outing? But you know, there's so many differences. We yeah. got to bring things together, man. Yeah. Secondarily, I'd say that not all wood uh, fired pizza is is wood fired. No, pizza. you know, downtown Roanoke <laughs> is a it's quir- it's a quirky place. It's nice because yeah. there's things to do. There's yeah. an art museum. There's a science museum. There's this place called Center in the Square, which is like a giant parking garage. Yeah. Uh, that was converted into. There's like a pinball museum in there, which was pretty nice. That guy had some uh, great cabinets. And then there was an arcade place. And we were a little confused at first because since this was a converted uh, parking garage, it it was very like Labyrinth Byzantine (laughs) inside. You had no idea where we were going. We thought we were were being set up for trap. But they had a great music store there. And um, my takeaway from that, I couldn't stop thinking about getting back into guitar ever since we went into that music store. So I made a little purchase over the weekend. Let's take a look. Oh, let's look at this. Yeah, no, no, no. That is a nice SG, though. It is beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, did Epiphone, you crank up that Black Star? I did. It's an Epiphone SG right there, standard. And uh, yeah, that Black Star has been nice. Yeah, been nice yeah that's sound. a modular, right? Right. You can uh, it uh, is mimic just, other amps and stuff like that with it's it. Got, uh, it's got stereo on it, too. Sweet. Now, I got a question nice, before man. we get into things. Yes, yeah, this one's annoying me. And Bill Burr actually brought this up. I was listening to Bill Burr on the way in, and he was talking oh, okay. about how it's the NBA Finals, but the NHL Final. Which one do you think is better? Uh, uh, NHL Final. Final? Yeah, because it's not finals. There's not multiple finals going on. There's well, multiple games in the series, yeah. but it's not finals. I would go with final, but I would also say that it should be NBA Championship Series and the uh, Stanley Cup Championship Series. Okay. That's what I would call them. Yeah, well, I but feel, I, I go in with final because there's not. Well, you have quarterfinals okay. and semifinals because there's more than one going on. All right. You make a good point. All right. We got a lot to get to, so let's get into it. But first, it. we got to tip the band. Autonomous trucks are coming with a huge potential windfall if you're ready to seize it. Start re engineering your supply chain for autonomy today. Contact Locomation at. Tell them, dude. They go to locomation.ai for turnkey solutions immediately after this show. Headlines. 
This is bad, though. Starting off some bad news here. Oh, According to this oh, is an awful explosion. Oh, oh. Please roll the tape. Ooh. Thanks, guys. Oh. Uh, according to the BBC, a fire and a huge explosion have killed at least 49 people and injured hundreds more at a storage depot near the city of Chittagong, Bangladesh. Uh, some awful pictures, too. I didn't, uh, we're not going to play the worst of it here, but you can get an idea of the aftermath. Hundreds of people had arrived to tackle this fire when a number of shipping containers exploded at the site at Sikunda. Uh, mm. It is thought that chemicals were stored in some of these containers. Industrial fires, they're pretty common in Bangladesh. They're often chalked up to poor safety conditions and the heat over there and humidity and all that. Many of the injured are said to be in critical condition, and the number of people killed is expected to rise as there are hospitals in the area are overwhelmed with crowds of people waiting in hallways for treatment. Medics have uh, appealed for blood donations, and some of the injured have been airlifted to the capital. Doesn't look good over there. Yeah, that's bad. That's 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 bad news. You see, I mean, you see the less affluent or poorer nations where they, they can't afford to have those regulations out there, right? To make sure. Uh, things I mean, it are makes you think about our own ports too, or any ports yeah. right now. I mean, yeah. with so much cargo sitting around, and you know, thirty days to get it out of some yards. Uh, who knows what's in some of those containers? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Very people's impressive. convoy. Who could have seen this one coming? After people's <laughs> convoy implodes, the blame game begins. Clarissa Haas reports: power struggle, money grab, circus. Those are among the terms. Some former People's Convoy participants and supporters used to describe the nearly three-month, 26-state cross-country trek by truckers and others to protest government mandates regarding COVID-19, as well as a uh, multitude of other political issues. Yes, after declaring victory on May 20th at a dirt track speedway in Hagerstown, Maryland, sources say the dwindling convoy down to just 15 tractor trailers and around 40 passenger vehicles. Now, to give you some perspective, it was all the way up to 50 trucks and wow. hundreds of supporters in their personal vehicles when they left Atlanta, California. But it has imploded very publicly on social media once remaining organizers declared mission of freedom was over. Could they have picked a worse time? Like they went no, just as it was you know, mandates were dropping here, but diesel was like escalating rapidly that 1.8 it probably just went into the tanks you're looking for 1.8 million i mean when you're supporting all these people i have no idea where this stuff went um brian brace we had we actually interviewed him before they went out we said you know look out for that kind of stuff well he says you know what after i left and uh the people's convoy he, he left the people's convoy for like a month to go be with his family because this thing started in february as we said well they kicked him out as leader he said after i left the, they posted that he was no longer affiliated with the group i don't know what went on i believe we were there for the right reasons in the beginning but others wanted to profit off us and turned it into a circus so it didn't really go anywhere that's the big danger we talked to him extensively about that when we interviewed yeah. him is man hope this doesn't get hijacked right yeah Take a look at these diesel prices right Ooh. here. This is pretty brutal. Now, fortunately, you're not driving through uh, Mendocino, California, where most of you aren't. <laughs> but if you were, you'd be paying $9.76 for Supreme. You got $9.54 on the plus. The regular is about $9.45. I don't have a picture of the diesel on here, but the gentleman who took that picture told me, Mr. Beetle Bailey, said that. Uh, what do you say? The diesel was twenty cents more. He didn't say which one. So, uh, oh, okay, nine, yeah, yeah, well, that could that's be nine ninety six or nine seventy four. I don't know. That's a yeah. lot. Yeah. Well, you know, John Kingston. He knows all about diesels and distillate molecules and so on. But he well, broke down the well, numbers. Hold on, guess what? He's Patrick DeHaney. He also oh. said, uh, "New week, a new record. National average now four eighty six a gallon, with ten states above five dollars a gallon. That's in Indiana. That's gas, and not diesel. But as you've seen, diesel has wow. been about a dollar more than." Uh, 
dollar more than regular in most uh, wow, markets. Wow, 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 wow. Unbelievable. That's right, what did Kingston guess. say? So Kingston, he <laughs> broke this down for us, man. I'm sorry about that. But uh, so behind these diesel numbers, the issue he wrote was these sorts of numbers suggest that increasingly the issue in the market is not just the loss of the Russian crude supplies, but a loss of the refining capacity worldwide that is coming home to roost and is being aggravated by the by the uh, Russian refining coming off line. So uh, that's really, the, we've been reducing our capacity to refine oil for so long. Yeah, but I mean, now it's, a small it's, thing like this just exacerbates that and makes it crazy. Or okay, uh, but, more to the point. But it's, I mean, I mean, if there's all these other factors, like it's yeah. literally the White House fault that everyone, that people are going, oh, is it because of Russia? I mean, that's the messaging that they put out there. Yeah, well, what is it? High gas prices due to Putin's war. I mean, that yeah, was literally yeah, and from and the White well, House. Yeah, but the situation that allowed that to happen was caused by our own government getting rid well, of. Well, this the is you know, John. Talk, he breaks this down a little bit. He said yeah. on the East Coast refiners, and this is the thing. It's not like people are sitting on oil on the East Coast. No. Uh, f- over the last two weeks, refineries have been working at ninety-seven percent and ninety-eight point two percent, respectively. Uh, an industry where it's very virtually impossible, according to Kingston, to work at hundred percent. Things break down. That just right, happens. Right, um, right. But the East Coast operating rates, even with all of that output, refining capacity has lost several hundred thousand barrels per day in the past several years. Well, per day. Yeah, somewhere like 50%. We're at 50% of the capacity to refine than we were like 10 years ago yeah. on the East Coast. And well, that's the, the issue. I mean, some of the messaging gets good. Just go buy an electric car or buy an electric truck. I mean, that's not really applicable to a lot of us in this industry no, right now. No, it's and really a lot not. of people, at, with inflation as it is, I mean, it's not like... Have you looked at a payment on a Tesla? Fifty thousand dollar payment on a Tesla? That's hundreds of dollars a month. Yeah, yeah, that's not like it, happen. saying to people, I just go like, what? It, no, it's cheaper to just pay the higher gas. <laughs> Remember twenty twenty year of the SPAC, year of uh, yes, making uh, money in retail trade. Crap Remember like well. Dogecoin might even make you a buck back then. Well, last mile startup Elms, they are of that SPAC generation, and they may be on their last legs. Alan Adler says electric delivery van startup. Electric Last Mile Solutions. I did not know Elm stood for that. Uh, appears to be near the end of the line with only enough cash to last through the end of this very month. The ongoing struggle with the company calls, uh, they say uh, they've been having a lot of struggles importing bodies from China to make these trucks with their electric chassis, um, which they were going to build in a former General Motors plant. Yeah, the Hummer plant out there in Indiana. Elms is one of the many de-spacked startups struggling to survive as investors abandoned young companies they enthusiastically backed in 2021. Uh, it is among several transportation SPACs from SEC inquiries that have facing SEC inquiries over their business practices before and after going public. Uh, which we rough. talked to Alan Adler about that before. Does this open a door to companies that maybe shouldn't be invested in with the SPAC? I think that, you know, those, I mean, those are coming out in the wash right yeah, now. You're, you're finding out, are. and tough times really prove the, uh, the stability of companies. It, it's it's got to suck to work there right now. They've laid off 50 employees, which is about 24% of their workforce, and withdrew guidance on business projections. So mm. we have a couple of recruiters that will be on the show today. So if you're over at Elms and you're looking for your next move, um, stick with us on yeah, the show. Yeah, you might want to pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? So we were out at Ballyhack. We're out over that golf course. This is a yeah. great time. Let's take a trip to another golf course and another charity event right now with it. the Nashville Transportation Club. Let's jump over to Christian Huffman and Chris Douglas. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us on the show. Hey, guys. How's it going? Thank you for having us. <laughs> <laughs> nice hey, thanks, yeah. brother. Yeah, it's pretty. I'll get, I know where I can get one of these for you. I'll get you one. Hey, I was looking at the website for this golf event, and the one I was at did not have one of these. It did not have a potato gun shooter. How is it, I'm excited yeah. about this. So, what's what happens with the potato gun hole? 
pretty big deal. So we have a company that, that we outsource to do this. And they'll have a potato gun set up with a, with a target on it. And each player that participates is going to be able to uh, shoot, a, shoot an air cannon basically around 400 yards. So if anybody uh, that plays golf has ever wanted to hit a 400-yard drive, they're going to know what it feels like to do that for once. So uh, we're pretty excited about having that moment. That, that is pretty awesome. So you're trying to hit a target. Do you win anything on that target, or is it just the experience? He's, he's got some prizes, but really it's an it's experience of doing that, and then it also helps raise funds. You know, we're scholarship-oriented here at the, at the event and, and all our events, really, so it's, it's just another, another feather in our cap for bringing on uh, additional, additional funds and having a good time for the people involved. Yeah, tell us a little bit about why, uh, why this tournament. What are you guys doing? What are you raising money for? Uh, why y'all getting together? Sure. So, um, you know, we, we started the National Transportation Club as an avenue for providing uh, transportation scholarships to, you know, regional universities. Um, we've been able to partner up with uh, a local college, David Lipscomb, uh, last year, and we were able to raise about $13,000 in scholarships for, uh, you know, students who are entering their senior year ready to graduate college but need an additional boost in, in funds to help themselves not exit college with additional loans. So, uh, we are, you know, we're on target to, to beat that uh, number pretty significantly this year. We're excited about the events we have, and you know, this is a big part of it, probably our largest event of the year. And, uh, and it, really does, it really does go to a great cause, and it helps our industry long term. And that's just, it's our investment in, into transportation and logistics, and uh, just our part of the community. So now, uh, if I was reading the website correctly and what is going on there, you have a way for people who don't golf to participate in this as well, right? Yes. So the way they can participate is during this event, we offer a happy hour event as well as cornhole. There is a lot of open area here that allows individuals to network with people that are either in similar industries as well as potential new clients. Um, and that is for like individuals that don't golf. Give them that opportunity to still come in and be able to network as well as provide to a great cause because all proceeds for this goes to our Lipscomb College Fund. Wow. So has everyone showed up already? Have you assessed the fields? Have you, you know, have you sized everybody up? And, and why do you think John Brewer is going to win it all? <laughs> so the way I say it is uh, we have people rolling in right now, checking in. And uh, John, you guys have spoken to John. He has that personality. He's just a go-getter. I mean, he's the top of the list right now. And, uh, I think it's going to be very tough to beat them today. Yeah, I can talk <laughs> your ear off, but it hasn't done anything for my handicap. I got to, I got to work on that. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if, if uh, can I, can I like donate enough that I can come there and heckle the the, the players on a, on a course? I always thought that you should be able to heckle. I saw something like an air horn hole. Was that was that like a, is it almost? Have you like Mario Kartified golf out there where yeah. like you can do an air horn while someone's shooting? Oh, we need to talk about next year, guys. That's a great idea, and we want you to be involved. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just like a stadium, you got to at least have a stadium hole or something I, I like that. I have an idea. So how about the what the truck hole, right? And if someone pays like $500, I'll go up behind like their boss or whoever they want. I'll just, as they're trying to shoot, yeah. I'll just hit the cowbell right behind their head. I, I love nothing more than what you just did. <laughs> hey, what do you hope people? Uh, what do you hope people take away from this event today? As you all meet up, you all network under under the beautiful sun out there. What do you hope? Uh, what do you hope people walk away with? Well, Christian can tell you what he thinks. You know, uh, first off, we want to promote and support the club. We want to grow the club. We got a lot of people that are moving to the Nashville area. We want you know that's involved in transportation. Have them go to a place where they can network and meet new people and 
you know, people that are, are part of what they do day in and day out. You know, we, we really live in a, in a fun industry that everybody has a different part they play in, and it's, it's difficult sometimes, but we all kind of enjoy it in our own way. Um, you know, we also want them to, uh, you know, kind of see the, the golf course here. Franklin Bridge is the course in Franklin, Tennessee. They're a great partner for us and have been It's the second year, and we hope for, for many years to come. Uh, Evan Coppolo, Brooks West, two of the guys that, that uh, Brooks owns the course. And, um, you know, they're just really been supportive, and um, everybody else involved has really been supportive. So hopefully everybody sees that, sees the values of the club, and let Christian kind of tell you what he thinks too. Kind of going off of uh, what Chris is saying is kind of uh, bringing in new friendships as well as you know everyone from either Chicago, Los Angeles area, East Coast. They're moving to Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee is growing. So giving everyone that opportunity to network as well as being in the transportation industry and logistics field, it's hard to also kind of give back to the community. And this allows uh, individuals to hop into a club and give back to the community, whether it's the scholarships, um, helping out, or even just, hey, I'm making, I just, uh, joining the club, I met John, and now I'm gonna be learning more about how to develop podcasts and write songs. So it's just more talents people can pick up, as well as being more involved in networking. Wow, you know, I saw I saw you also at a, sh- a silent auction there, and you might not know this, but in the transportation industry, the reason there's reserves on silent auctions is because of Michael Vincent. He likes to go up and put like a dollar in there and say, hey, maybe no one else will bid. And you can't give away Tashi's Tennessee cabin that looks like it comes with a, um, a Siberian Husky for a dollar. Well, you got any good items <laughs> up that people can bid on? Yeah, I saw some pretty cool stuff. Uh, there's a Pele jersey up there. I think he, I don't know if he's got it this year, but last year, it's Joshua Likens with Elite Events. He had a, a Pete Rose signed ball that said, sorry, I bet on baseball on it, uh, which is pretty cool. And there's, there's a few more like that. So it's a great, great part of what we have. I think um, we got Rudy signed jersey in there. We got an Eddie George College signed jersey in there. Ryan Tannehill jersey in there. It's a lot of sporting. Oh, he just retired, I think, unofficially. Well, hey, we know a lot of people in the Southeast. We know a lot of people in the Southeast. Listen to this. If they want to get involved with the Nashville Transportation Club yeah. and some of the awesome stuff you're doing, where do we send them to? Um, info at DC of Nash uh, is, is a great email for, for starting things off. Um, you know, you can go also go to our website, site uh, tcfnash.com. So it's National Transportation Club. Uh, we have you know more events coming up this year, whether it be happy hours, additional golf events, educational series, speaking events. You know, we're really trying to scale this and, and, and grow the club. We have an opportunity this year with kind of social events being uh, a lot more acceptable, and, and we're working hard to take advantage of it in the camp. Hey, thank you so uh, much, guys. Sorry. And thank you very much for having us. Yeah, good luck out there on the course. Happy shooting. Hit them straight. Or happy hitting. I don't know. Happy hitting. Happy, Happy yeah, shoot them straight, man. Just shoot them straight. Shoot them straight. Yeah. Uh, That looks like a cool event. By the way, if if you are in this industry, you're new to this industry, you've moved to Atlanta during the Great Resignation, or to the Southeast, or near Nashville, um, get with that group. They do meetups all the time. They have bar meetups. You can not only do they have these big golf events, but they have like monthly or weekly meetups too. The transportation club, the Nashville one. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, there's transportation clubs, but a lot of them are lame. But like the Nashville one, some of them are pretty lame. Some are really lame. This one isn't isn't lame. Well, it's pretty new, and they're doing it right. 
Speaking of driving up from the southeast, we got a guest sitting right over there. It's Big Tim Perkins. Uh, he's in very good shape too. You can't tell on LinkedIn how jacked people are, but this guy Tim Perkins, he uh, he looks like he might uh, drink a couple metric shakes in the morning when he wakes up. Get out of here! Come Get on, right Tim, walk right over. Come on. He's a little slow though. He keeps his entrance down here. Is once like he the gets Undertaker. moving, it's hard to stop. It's like, once he gets dude, moving, though. Dude, here he comes. <laughs> how was the ride up, brother? It was good, man. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Is that Tim Perkins? Introduce yourself. Either what? CBD. Yeah, oh. Chief Business Development Officer at Spartan 5S Solutions. CBDO. That's it. You had a gentleman here with you, too. You want to introduce your own boss? Yeah, Carlos <laughs> Yanez, our CEO. Um, that's him. Carlos, can you hear us okay? I can hear you just fine. Hey, you look yeah, great, Carlos. Carlos, what is that behind you? Is that is that armor? That's 100% armor. It's uh, Old habits are hard to die, right? Um, retired military. Used to use a different type of armor. Now that we have our own company, that's our company armor. Wow, oh, cool. pretty badass. Uh, you ever, Tim, you ever put that on? No. I'm, we actually, all of our new hires have to put it on on their first day of work, which is pretty cool. And wear it like the whole day or what? Uh, no, some of them we do. <laughs> it, it depends what their numbers look like the first week, have I guess. Have to or get to? They get to. Get to. <laughs> there you go. No, I awesome. like when people take their experience from outside and they bring it to freight like you're doing with the armor. You're also a pitcher and a pitching coach. What has pitching taught you about freight? Um, honestly, other than it's just challenging in general, I've never thought about relating trucks to baseball, but, um, definitely challenging for sure. Either way you want to look at it. But by the way, before we, I, I got to find out which one of your kids won. So you were doing the tried and true tradition of in the car, pointing out the trailers, oh, yeah. whoever gets oh, the most yeah. trailers wins. What company did you see the most who won and who, what ice cream did they pick? So extra lease was the one I saw the most, but once we opened our procurement division, we realized how hard it was to find trailers. Um, we were able to partner with some really awesome companies that manufacture trailers. Um, so we've been helping customers that way. But my kids, I mean, gosh, now it's everything. Dad, do you work with that company? Dad, do you work with that company? And uh, I just told them as soon as we get out to uh, Midwest, Texas, they're going to start seeing our Spartan trucks running around everywhere. <laughs> just uh, pretty cool moment when that happens. I'm pretty excited about it. Well, congratulations, Tim and Carlos. I heard that you have over, what, 100 drivers or 100 trucks now? Yep. That's correct. So awesome. we started off at after the pandemic, and we've been able to grow from zero employees to 138, and from zero dollars to about 48 million dollars in gross revenue, it's fantastic. It's been a hell of a journey. Um, started off right after the pandemic with a dream to try to help small companies scale. We realized uh, oh, most of us coming from corporate America, we left corporate America uh, and took on this challenge to try to help all these small trucking companies scale. And in doing so, we built 11 companies that are posed to help each aspect of the supply chain logistics chain. So we help the market brand, we help them connect them with freight, we procure parts, uh, equipment for them. We help finance some of the equipment for them. We place them on these dedicated lanes to help grow them. And in turn, we grow ourselves simultaneously. So it's a, it's a fantastic opportunity to provide the American dream to others. Yeah, I was going to ask, go into what Spartan does, right? Spartan yeah. uh, 5S does. And looking at the website, I was maybe it's easier just to answer what don't you guys do? Yeah, there's just I mean, you guys hit every oh, aspect from asset to non-asset logistics and recruiting and even factoring, right? Yeah, even factoring. I, I would say the only thing that we don't touch currently, we, we don't do the on the staffing side. So my background being in staffing, we've realized mm -hmm. that 
that temporary staffing shortage has just been extremely difficult. Yeah. Um, probably tons of reasons why, but what we did was we were able to partner uh, with a robotic solutions company um, for picking and packing. As you guys know, robotics is, is coming in. I was at the Modex conference here in Atlanta, mm. and it was unbelievable to see what these robots can do. Um, actually, I recently placed a director at one of my clients out in California, and he said, Tim, we went from 600 people to 150 um, with a 19-month ROI just by a bunch of spider bots crawling racks, pulling, sit on the conveyor belt, put it on the truck, and it's just unbelievable what these things can do. So, spider bots. Um, Sounds like a new movie. It is. They, they crawl rack. They got forks. They lift the boxes. They turn. They can pack them. And so I just think that's okay. going to be three to five years from now. I think that's going to be your when you start reading your resume, it's going to be at 15 direct reports, 100 hourly, and 119 robots managed. I just think that's what resumes yeah, are going to look sense, like. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Yeah, it yeah, does. It's going to be yeah. a, the part of the scope. I mean, Carlos, like for, to go in two years from zero to, to 48 million, 100, how did, how did you do that? That's pretty impressive. So we, we always focus on the people. Really, I know that sounds kind of touche, but it, it is 100% the truth. For us to go out there and find assets, it was very difficult. So we had a strategic approach where we infused ourselves with mid-sized companies that were looking for expertise in order to scale quicker. So we took on the challenge of helping them grow. And in, in the midst of helping them grow, we took all of our revenue and reinvested into our own company so we could purchase assets in tandem. Then we went chasing dedicated freight, particularly in manufacturing support, because that's our background. We used to run all of uh, automotive in the U.S. We supported most of the automotive OEMs. So once we placed them on those dedicated uh, uh, lanes, we were able to scale quickly. And reinvesting in the future, I, I do want to give one shout out to our team, who's been fantastic. We have a, a group of young ladies, uh, my spouse, and significant other, Martha. She's the CEO of Spartan 6S, our, our sister company. And they're the ones that house all the drivers. And that team has been able to produce over 100 uh, new drivers into our business in less than a year. And it's a small, small crew. There are about four people that have been able to uh, accomplish this. So fantastic team. Kudos to our operations team. Gotcha. So maybe I missed, maybe I missed this, but what does 5S and 6S stand for? Go ahead, Carlos. You're the lean manufacturer. Right, so 5S, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a lean terminology. 5S or the 5S for standardization of a, of a facility. And when I first left corporate America, given my, my previous ties, I, I needed to create a consulting firm I, for fear of, 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 of competing with my previous uh, employers. So I started a consulting firm and consulting 5S, uh, Lean Six Sigma, that was something that I could do. And now that a year's gone by, we can openly go out and now we have everything. Uh, that, that That's really the, the deal. 6S is the same as 5S with, with adding safety as a standardization method. Gotcha. Very cool. So what is, what do you think is the biggest problem that your clients are coming to you with this year? What what has changed? And has that, or has that changed since the previous two years? Yes. So that is an amazing question. That's the reason we've been successful. So if if you guys have been following what you have, because I follow you guys all the time, there's been a significant emergence of trucking companies since uh, the pandemic, right? And the hellacious emergence of, of, of companies has created the perfect storm for us to be able to support. So if you notice, there was a third of the, of the world's drivers just retired in the midst of the pandemic. And the, the other segment of the population decided to become entrepreneurs. A lot of them are owner operators and they're working on their own accord, right? Uh, part of the challenges are they may not be connected from a, from a network perspective, be able to bid on national contracts. 
So since that is our previous experience, we've been able to arm them with that. We saw an opportunity to be able to help scale these smaller entities and band them together, kind of, kind of like Pirates of the Caribbean, right, where we're waging war against the British and the Spaniards at the same time. We put them all under our Spartan brand, and we're able to grow the people and build the company for the people and by the people. Uh, I'm very patriotic, as you can tell. Being retired military, it's, it's hard to come out of my heart. So I just want to help people, and that's what we started to do. So we realized it's going to be hard for smaller companies to procure materials, particularly in, in, in a place where buying power is difficult. Mm. We realized that marketing and branding are key, right? The era has changed. Everything is, is about branding and and having your name out there, social media presence, et cetera, in order to gain contracts. We realized that maintenance was a huge deal. So we created maintenance division to be able to help these smaller companies. We knew that the fuel problems that were hitting America with, with diesel going up as high as it's gone, hmm. uh, the only way to shield them is the kind of contracts that we attain, which have uh, what's called fuel surcharge programs. So we're shielded from all of the deviations and variations in, in fuel. So yeah. trying to house all of these smaller entities into what we do has given them security and given us the ability to scale super quick. And, and yeah. to answer your question, I guess the shortest version of it is there are a ton of new trucking companies that may not have the experience to be able to sustain life in this post-pandemic era with all the volatility of the markets, et cetera. So we've created an ironclad platform by which we can house them and grow them. Uh, that That's our vision. That's our plan. It's a bit aggressive, but that's what we've been successful at thus far. Yeah. Armor, so to speak, that is sitting behind you. Let's let's talk a little bit about um, um, business development, right? Sure. In this, and so when we during the de- pandemic, a customer service really became a big deal, right? Yeah. You couldn't oh, fall huge. down without getting more business. So it was transparency oh. and managing expectations, etc. Yep. Now you got to go out there and try and sell. Have you seen shifts back and forth, and and what does that do there, for? Yeah, I, I tell everybody, 2020, 21 was probably the easiest time ever in business development to land business. Right. Yeah. Everybody was dying. I mean, that's why there were so many trucking companies that just popped up because there was such high demand anybody just you know if you had some capital to go buy some trucks um so sales was easy now the relationship kicks in now yeah yeah, now it's time to actually start asking questions around you know kids and birthdays and where'd you go on (laughs) vacation before it was simply i have x you need x let's do business yeah now now demand is shifting a little bit to where suppliers are increasing um, even when I was in PPE a few years ago, you know, doing hand sanitizer, masks, gloves mm-hmm. for all of my staffing clients, um, it was easy because the relationship was there. They didn't have to find some, you know, company that they've never worked with to send $2 right. million for hand sanitizer. Um, it was all relationship based. And so now, you know, taking that procurement mindset to anything, and that's why I try to tell everybody with LinkedIn and networking, I always say everyone, maximize every conversation you have, every conversation. You think that it's starting with one topic because you need trailers or you need drivers or you need a truck or you need a lane. And it's like, take that conversation all the way through of of the entire business model. Mm -hmm. And you'd be shocked to see um, what all yields from it. And if you keep that mindset of not just transactional, but start a relationship, and there's so many people I've done staffing for that I've actually never even placed them, but now they're calling about trucks or maintenance yeah. or drivers. And it's simply because the relationship was instilled before of just being transparent and understanding the industry and understanding the pain points. Yeah. Wow, they almost have like a really- cradle to the grave approach to, uh, to consulting with, uh, with bringing the, uh, the folks on. I love it, man. So people who want to connect with you guys, they want to work with your company. They like what they heard today. They think you guys sound like sharp cats. They want to see your armor and touch and feel it. Where do I send them to? So we got a website, www.spartan5sservices.com, 
And we also have a very large LinkedIn media presence. You can reach out to our company, Spark5S Solutions. We're on LinkedIn. And Tim, Tim's got about 35,000 guys on LinkedIn. Uh, you've been fortunate enough to help grow my account. Now we're sitting at about 20,000 guys, me personally. So combined as a unit, we're pretty connected with everyone. You can reach out to us on LinkedIn and our website. And we, we love to have conversations. We're, really, that's what it's about. We keep it very low key. This is our attire every day at work. Super proud of. Where's our shirts, Tim? Real. I, hey, At least it's not a green spot. Ask now. Carlos. We, we actually were getting them overnighted on Thursday, and he called me. He said, hey, instead of giving them what we have in stock, let's get him some cool customized stuff. So you actually should have something. We think, Carlos, the oh, next sweet. week we should have some stuff sent over. 100%. I'd like to see one of our trucks right there in the front. So yeah, bring it on. Send you one of these man. Beautiful. Awesome. All right, before you go, here, it, impress us with your cowbell playing. <laughs> cowbell Yeah, come playing. on, man. I don't even... Learn how to beat with my kids. That was that was kind of a little uh, improv jazz there. Yeah, well, I wasn't prepared for that. No, I I tried. Carlos wanted me to come in here in a whole Spartan outfit, all dressed in armor, walking in to sit here, (laughs) and I told him I was like, "Man, there's no way it's too hot. It's like 90 degrees." See, he wasn't lying. He actually watches the show and knows that we would appreciate something like that. Absolutely, I know. That's what. That's exactly right. (laughs) Well, Tim, thanks for coming by. We really, uh, really appreciate. it. No problem. All right, buddy. Pleasure, man. Yes, sir. Drive safe. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. All right, let's tip the band one more time. With fully furnished state-of-the-art repair trucks and a full array of roadside tools, you can expect the safest, fastest, and most painless response for your free for your fleet from Love's Truck Care and Speedco to learn more about our roadside assistance. Tell them, dude. Oh, sorry, I was just enjoying some Love's water. Go to loves.com. I got to say, too, we stopped at a number of rest stops on the way to, to Ballyhack, to uh, Virginia last week. And the nicest one we stopped at was the Loves for sure. And I'm not just saying that because they sponsor us, the, uh, that pilot. No, though. it certainly was. And I don't know if I'm a rube or what. Pilot's but smell like a zoo that we went the L- into. The LED lit uh, shelves? Yeah. It blew me away. I was like, this really is nice. awesome. Why didn't somebody else do this? All right, let's do a little role playing, man. I used to do improv. Oh. I used to do a little D&D in the basement. I'm a big fan okay. of Stranger Things. So I think oh, I'm equipped right. to talk to role players, simulated or not. We got Dan <laughs> McCann. He's the CEO and Chief Learning Officer over at SimTrain. And they're a cool little company that uh, is trying to virtualize this training, get people real experience inside the Matrix, Michael Vincent. Ooh, Dan, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. That is is what I, is here, what I was Tim. saying as cool as it sounds? Yeah, it's super cool. I, I mean, think about it. I get a chance to go into a simulator and start practicing my job before I ever get in role. And, uh, and that's what SimTrain's all about. So it's really cool for new hires and for coaching folks that have been in role for a while as well. So, Dan, is this one of those deals where somebody walks in and you try and sell them and they just screw with you and they would just refuse to buy no matter what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Oh, man. No, what's pretty cool, what's, what's really cool, right, is folks coming into the role, like, they want to do well. They, they all do. They, they're going to bust it really hard. I, I mean, I love working in the transportation space because these brokerages, they do everything possible to get people up and onboarded and ready to go. Um, you know, sitting down with them one-on-one, managers flying in, you know, big group sessions, you know, everything they can possibly do. Uh, and we, we actually take a lot of stress off of those managers because uh, their new hires are able to get into an environment in SimTrain and be able to practice those discussions, right? Whether it's on the carrier sales side or whether it's, you know, customer sales, track and trace, they run through all these scenarios and they get comfortable, they build their confidence and they're able to 
to perform well a lot faster than, you know, having to try to figure it out or through a lot of the manual alternatives. So, Dan, how does it how does it work? How would someone uh, interface with this? It's not like uh, the metaverse or something, is it? No, it's not. You know, you can do it right on your cell phone. You know, you've got mobile application. Just kind of just log in and, and run those simulations so you can work through them. You know, we obviously have URL access because everything's hosted in the cloud. So folks can just log in via URL as well and just kind of run through the scenarios. They can all be they can all be shared. It could run through an LMS. Right. So you can be in a learning management system or another tool. And based on what you're training on and learning, you could then hyperlink right to sim train and run those simulations in order to perform, to do the performance-based learning, right? So learning management's all about knowledge-based. And what SimTrain's all about is driving performance-based learning, uh, you know, for folks. So living in some of those existing worlds like a learning management system uh, is, uh, is definitely an option as well for running those simulations. So, Dan, I was looking through the through the website and I found a, a section there called the science behind the success. And I thought that was really, really interesting going through those those four different, I guess, categories of the science or effects that are there. The Hawthorne effect. Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah. And think about it. The, you know, what's the neuroscience behind learning is where we really leaned in. And, um, you know, just the background there is we we started, you know, SimTrain at another company I was running an outbound you know, biz dev call center. And, um, you know, folks were struggling. We just couldn't figure it out. And we realized, you know, people learn by doing and they need more repetition. And what the Hawthorne effect talks about is, you know, they act different. People act different when they're being observed or they feel like, you know, big brother's watching. And so they have a difference in their in their learning effect. Um, you know, the, the doorway effect is, is we, we talk about a lot too, where, you know, you don't really remember what you hear, right? You only, you only retain about 10% of what you hear, but 90% of what you do, that means you're going to forget as soon as you walk out the door, 90% of the things that, uh, you know, you're told or you talk about. And so the, the, the key is the sandbox, right? And the sandbox effect to the neuroscience of learning mm. is, is, is if I get to play, and I get to I get to fail fast. I learn a lot faster. I get to be okay with trying new things and and going in there and being comfortable with my own delivery. And and I take a lot of anxiety off of a of a new hire, right? And I take a lot of the pressure and convert that to a lot of support and just being able to run through these scenarios. Whether it takes me like twenty times to learn it and it only takes Tim three, who cares? As long as we both learn it and we both know what we're doing at the end of the day. So am I just like role playing with a sort of generic thing or are there personality profiles? Like, could I, you know, can I pick the personality disorder of my middle manager and who I'm interacting with? So it's like real life. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of different personalities you'll get in there. You'll have like really nice customers. You'll have really tough ones, too. And, you know, you know, and putting those different types of scenarios together. A lot of our a lot of our clients will go through beginner uh, simulations, which is very learning. It's very guided approach to executing a, a job scenario. And then they'll pull away a lot of that guidance and they'll go to like an intermediate and then advanced is pretty much just assessment. Hey, Dan, can you do this or not? Right. Is, you know, by the time I'm, I'm at the advanced level, all that training and learning that's typically embedded into sim train is now taken away, and I just got to perform uh, real time. And and it's really fun putting those different personalities. Like I could have a coach join me. I can have a mock customer join me in a sim. 
and different characters that are that participate in this uh, in these exercises that I'm that I'm using. So can I like set the difficulty level in there? So can I like mess with the bed like in Monsters University and, and change it to like super difficult for for Dooner here if I wanted to mess with him or something like that? And in other words, can you can you graduate? Do you graduate? Yeah, I love I love the Monsters University thing too. That's a it's like a perfect scenario, right? When the when there when that girl was in bed and and he had to like go and try to figure yeah. out how to get her scared and, and made her happy. But uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you can go to advanced sims. You know, we you, you your your managers or the folks who assign them out. They're like, hey Dan, you can pinpoint it to specific uh, learning opportunities or learning objectives, like. Hey, Dan's having a tough time closing. He's doing a really nice job building relationships. He's not closing or, you know, he's he, on some of the basic tasks around track and trace. He's just skipping steps. So you can pinpoint the learning and activities hmm. that I need to do to get better. And and and, and me and Dooner are going to have two separate reasons or things that we need to work on. And so it's nice to be able to, to focus. Here's what Dan needs to do. And here's what, you know, other folks need to do. But early on in, in like day one, week one, week, you know, first month of training, we can all go through those same simulations. And it's just a matter of how many times we have to go through them before we figure it out. So tell me, Dan, how did you take such an interest in role playing? Well, failure was a really good motivation for me. Um, I loved I loved uh, not being good and I wanted to get better. But uh I was uh, I was running that call center that uh, you know biz dev company and I was attriting about half of my folks in the first six months and we put a lot of pressure on them it was a, it was a a, a pretty expensive uh, solution that we were selling in the marketplace and they had to be really good and you know for a while I'll be honest we thought we were doing a good thing by attriting that many people meaning we were weeding through and only finding the best right. And then we realized like we were the ones who were, you know, kind of messing things up, right? It wasn't these folks coming in that we're getting rid of in the first six months or they're leaving because the pressures are too high. It was us. We, we weren't giving them enough opportunity to learn and get better. And, you know, I've always been a coach at heart, you know, as a ex-athlete, you can tell by looking at me, uh, no longer athletic, but, you know, I, I you know, always appreciate the coaching and the learning and and what, what did it take to learn how to shoot a basketball or hit a baseball, right? We don't learn that in a lecture hall. Um, and so I was teaching everybody by telling them how to be effective and say, here's what you need to do. Go do it. And, it, and it's like, man, that's just not right. We needed to give them more opportunity, reinforcement of the right behaviors and how to work. And so that's what we got really excited about, using technology to automate these activities and then using some AI in order to give them instant feedback like it's not it's good that i get the exercises but it's even better that as soon as i'm done i know exactly how i did and what to work on so well, I, was, I was gonna say does he have an exercise that, that you and i could do do you have a, suge a suggested scenario that I, I could do with my partner here i um uh, um no not 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 offhand you guys are <laughs> how, how can i help you guys you guys are like you guys are awesome. I'm trying to get people to your level, dude. Man. <laughs> so, that, you, know, I, you know, once people are there. There might be a reason you know, we're not doing sales anymore, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, neither one of us are selling much these days. 
Let, let me ask you this though, because you mentioned yeah. sports, right? And and you know, uh, and all athletes know, and, and people outside of it, but especially true in, in athletics, you don't practice the same for each sport, right? Football is not baseball, right. is not hockey, is not tennis, is mm. not pickleball. Thank God, we need to stop the pickleballers. Right. But um, <laughs> see, he agrees with me. Yeah. So when you're going into sales, it's not all canned training, right? How do you integrate that and uh, adjust that for the different companies? Great question. So 100% customize this content. And and one of the things we're really excited about is we're working with Lean Solutions in order to build out a library. And we're talking to some other folks about augmenting, right? Like folks at Metaphora and some other groups to augment some of that content. So if if a brokerage signs up and, and they're like, I'm ready to go, they'll have a full library of simulations, right? You know, whether it's a sales call, whether it's objection handling, whether, like I mentioned, it's an operations need, they'll be able to pull from that library. And then the best part about it is they say, well, look, I'm, I'm Primo, right? Or, you know, I'm Echo or, or uh, you know, I need mine customized for us. Like, I'm not just going to take a library that's standardized across the industry. So you can customize every single scenario and build new stuff uh, pretty easily as well. So that's the that's the beauty of the of the platform is the simplicity of building content. And then it's even better that in in the in the transportation space, um, we're gonna we have this library of content you can pull from and use. So super excited about you know the current relationship with Lean and some other ones we're looking at. Well, nice. hey Dan, we really like you. Got, I on. love it. So there's collaborative sharing of intelligence in, inside there. Is that is that what you're saying? Like I can learn from Primo, but like anonymously, but I'm still learning from their scenarios. And as my yeah, people it's, go, it's, I mean, exactly. It's more like from Lean, right? It's it's we're not going to take Primo stuff and give it to uh, Echo, but right. the core content that Lean's building and putting into the library. You know, Primo can grab it. Echo can grab it. Any anyone can grab it, right? And we're also working on some stuff for for you know the asset base and the carriers as well uh, for bringing those folks on board. And so, yeah, you definitely have access to all of that and being able to customize it or use it right off the shelf, which is really a fun part about uh, what we're doing in the space. Dan, what's the uh, best book on that shelf behind you? <laughs> best book on that shelf is probably uh, uh, Path to a Billion. Ooh. Ooh. The blueprint to a billion. I'm sorry. Thanks for asking. It's uh, that's probably the best one in there. There's nice. also, I, I do also have a book. You don't learn how to shoot a basketball. You don't learn how to shoot a basketball in a, in a, in a seminar. I have that one as well. Well, at least you know what's on your nice. bookshelf. On like like Greg Miller or something like that. Who he it looks like he's sitting in like a library or something. You ask him what the best book is, and he doesn't even know what books are on the shelf. So. Well, it's a, it's yeah. <laughs> it's Did, it's digital they, background. They, they, <laughs> how do people uh, how do people uh, connect with you and connect with your company? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I'm Dan Dotmechan at SimTrain.com. Uh, SimTrain.com is a great way to go in and learn a little bit more. We have some of the content in there about learning, about the process, and, and some solutions. Um, and you can, you can hit us up on LinkedIn as well and social. Nowhere near as strong as the Spartan guys in that LinkedIn arena. But I was definitely getting jealous with what they've done to penetrate that marketplace. Well, Dan, you know, the best Um, way to learn is to observe and observe how everyone great is doing. We thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for coming on the show, brother. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, Dan. See you guys. Have a good afternoon. We will too. All right. It's uh, Monday, so we'll do a little big deal, little deal, then we'll send you home. Big deal. Little deal. 
Now this is a this is a wild one. This happened, I think, when we were on the road. This was like last Wednesday. Oh. This, this happened right after you yeah. rolled the tape. Uh, take a look at this. So this okay. was actually going on for a while. That pickup actually had its door open for a while. It's, this happened in Minnesota. Its door ajar. Someone actually stopped their truck and closed it. Look at this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's no one in that truck. That oh, semi sh- right there smashes right through the red truck. And look how fast it sets on fire. And if you notice, the other, the other the drivers in that car were already on the other side of the road. There was another car stop with them. And you're going to see this lady. She just starts booking it towards the uh, the fire. And I thought she was like, I thought, and when I first saw this video, I thought someone was in the truck and she was running to help. But you'll, yeah. see, you'll see what she's actually trying to save pretty quick. She's, oh, I see uh, her from behind the fire. They're running up. She, yeah, she's going to back up. She's actually just trying to save her car from that raging inferno. Oh, I don't know. oh her car's like right beside yeah, watch, it. There she goes. She's oh, yeah, backing yeah, yeah, up yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that wow, was beautiful. Dude. So it was uh, it was near Anoka. It happened on Wednesday. The state patrol it was responding that disabled vehicle. No one was in the pickup truck, like we said, when it was hit, and there were no injuries at all as a result of that. Even the guy in the black truck who, who didn't make like what happened there. He didn't make any maneuver whatsoever. He had a complete lane to go into with, with which no, would have he been was no clear issue. to move anywhere, wasn't he? I, 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 was he distracted like or was he like passed out at a medical what, condition? The, the pickup truck. Why was it there? Do we know? Yeah, they hit a deer. Oh. And they were disabled, so they couldn't get it off. Oh, they couldn't get it off. Because, yeah. yeah, when I first saw that, I was like, dude, that dude is toast inside there. That's bad stuff. So here, we got I got something here. It's much less explosive, but uh, it's probably the most impressive thing I've seen in quite a while. Check out this video of this guy, this woodworking guy. Oh, yeah, he's just hammering right through that thing. I mean, look, small block of wood there. He's got his chisel out. He's got his uh, chainsaw out. He is... You can see very, very quickly what this dude is making here. Look at this. That's about as far as I'm going to go right there so that, that I could do. Yeah, I, How you far know, into this do you think you can get? I've made a crooked stool when I was in sixth grade yeah. uh, and woodworking, and I yeah. used, like, you know, the handsaw and yeah, all yeah, that yeah. And, and the cutter, and I found it very uh, frustrating and challenging, and I think it's almost like magic when people can just take a block of wood and turn it into a uh, full-built semi yeah, truck. With, with a couple lines on it, and he produces this beautiful semi thing. I don't... The vision and keeping that vision in your mind is you, unbelievable. So through. you think... You built a uh, swing hinge in your backyard. Yes. You're pretty handy with some yeah, wood. Yeah, but that, that's, this is not nearly the same thing. That's, that's you know, that's that's just an octagon type of thing. You can you just know. do, like, brute cutting and measure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, this is... This takes some skill. Look at but the All I had to do is drill some holes and pour some concrete. That is most impressive. Look at the grill on this thing, dude. I know Legos are like uh, about as frustrating as as I can handle when I'm trying to build a great project. See, that, there would be a lot of uh, a lot of pieces of wood that would sit in my garage and from like you know until five years later when I find use for them after something like this. So It'd if you f up, right? So if you f up there, you have to uh, just get a whole new brick of wood. Or just I, make would, a I wouldn't know what to do. I'd have to get a whole new brick of wood. Yeah, I would because I would have to get like clue. patch and composite. I guess. I don't. It, 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 dude, it's really cool. I, I Can we fast forward to the end of that? Does it show what the truck looks like at the end of this video? Uh, at the beginning, it. I know it does at the very, very beginning, and I think it does again at the end. It's a pretty lengthy process here, even though it is, it is uh, approximately 15 seconds left. I'm going to take a wild guess. Um, but check it. Even, I mean, inside, he takes out. Look at that. He takes out. There's even windows. He's got the day cab. Uh. Wow. It is an unreal piece of uh, art that comes out of that. Fantastic. Well, hey, Schneider announces the Ride of Pride driver. Let's take a look at this truck that this uh, gentleman got. It's wow. Great. 
Sharky reports, trucking intermodal logistics service provider Schneider National announced Wednesday it was once again received a U.S. Ride of Pride truck from its partners at Freightliner, which designs specially wrapped trucks that honor military members in the industry. Since starting the Ride of Pride program in, 20, in 2001, Schneider has presented 14 trucks, the most of any a national carrier. They received this truck on May 27th and awarded it to driver Joseph Morning. He has the uh, honor of driving that vehicle. Now he was a U.S. Marine Corps veteran and California National Guard serviceman. They said, uh, wow. we are incredibly proud to have someone as highly regarded as Joseph Morning behind the wheel of this year's Ride of Pride truck. Adding a new Ride of Pride truck to our fleet is always an exciting time and displays our dedication to those who serve. We are committed and honored to provide opportunities for veterans and current service members. That was that from Rob Rich, Senior Executive Vice President and Chief Administrative Officer and U.S. Army veteran as well. So that must have felt great for him to give out. Oh, yeah. Very, very cool truck. So he's got the key. He drives it as long as he's there. He very as as nice stuff. That is beautiful. I love the work on that stuff there. Dude, I got some uh, crazy news here. This yeah. is These are meth vocados you can Ooh. see in this trunk right here. A Lumpak man, which I'm not sure what a Lumpak man is, is facing charges for after Santa Barbara County Sheriff's officials say the deputy caught him stealing avocados from a ranch in a Galetta. Uh, out, out there near San Barbara, and uh, here's the strange thing, dude. He had a bag of meth on the on the on the, on the dashboard of this car, right? Yeah, but it happened just, Sunday night. He had a headlamp on and a, and a bag of avocados. Right. They caught him coming out of the uh, coming out of an avocado. What are they? What are they grow avocados in a patch? Like a an avocado patch, patch. sure. Why not? Know. He's uh, in the avocado. Now in my head, he's like in an avocado <laughs> patch. He's in an avocado patch. High on. I don't know if he's high on meth. He had meth in his he car. He had meth on the dashboard. He's stealing these things. They caught him coming out. He was missing a headlight and all this other okay. kind of stuff. And here's what's really bizarre yeah. about this dude: they returned the avocados to the farm. You eating those avocados? I mean, he look how productive he was picking all those avocados. Though. He might have should have got a job. I mean, that's a, but how good does he perform if he, you get him like off meth? Will he be as good? I don't know. I don't know. The meth can motivate you out here. So <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe, I, you know. <laughs> well, they return these, so there's a good chance you could get one of these at the grocery stores. Well, or not. Yeah, but they're like twice the price. Because they were picked by... Yeah, because yeah, they were picked like by... like famous avocados Yes, now. these are famous avocados now. You know, I hear if millennials just stopped eating those, they would be able to afford any host they wanted. House they wanted. Oh, is that if they quit eating avocado? Are they avocados? Not, they're only like maybe that guy tried quitting. Maybe that guy decided to steal. He decided to go like steal the avocados. Maybe he hated them so much he's just trying to get them off the market. He could. Oh yeah, like that one person who was caught with the dirty stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got one more here. Let's roll this little video. This uh, this one's frightening. Look at this truck. It's just rolling down the street. Boom. Oh, he his little dip. He's like that must have been a speed bump. No, it's a giant sinkhole right in the middle of the street. The car behind him. Thankfully, he was more observant than that Whoa. black uh, flatbed that hit the pickup. This guy. He sees a sinkhole in front of him, and he decides not to drive in it because he's not a moron. Yeah. But <laughs> here's, I mean, well, look, I mean, you know, when you're a kid, like, you grow up thinking quicksand is something you'll actually encounter, and it's just, like, really dangerous yeah, thing. Yeah, in your life you're going to actually But, like, it. sinkholes are asphalt's answer to quicksand, and I see much, way more incidents happening with sinkholes than I do with, like, quicksand. Yeah, you never hear of anybody getting swallowed by quicksand. I've never heard of that. I've never lost a friend. uh, I've never lost a friend to quicksand. Once the Dread Pirate Roberts uh, saved Buttercup, I have not seen anybody in sync. Well, here's seven scary facts about sinkholes. Let's hear it. They occur, well, maybe not. Maybe they're not all scary, but this one isn't. They occur naturally <laughs> as a result of normal geographical processes. Okay, that's not that scary. Not How about scary. number two? They can be triggered, enlarged, or accelerated by human activity, just like people. Yeah. <laughs> you mean like if you dig a hole, Are you might get a hole? Are sinkholes humans, too? 
<laughs> they can rage it. Now you got an offended sinkhole, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I've been triggered. That's why. That's why they sick. That's why you they take you down to the depths of they hell. They can be hen- they can you be offended. Your sinkhole. <laughs> they can be offended. That's that's very scary if they are. Well, offendable. here's here's what's scary. They're common in Texas, Alabama, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Uh, and so you know bad. what? When we and were talking Florida, in agreement, I am obviously. scared of sinkholes. It's like a fear. Well, you know, that looks pretty small. You're like, you know, you got to be in that small radius. Yeah, what are the chances that would actually fall in that sinkhole? Well, the world's biggest natural sinkhole is in Egypt, and it's over 70 miles wide and 80 miles long. What? <laughs> the most infamous sinkhole. <laughs> 80 miles deep? The most infamous sinkholes, the most famous ones that have happened, have swallowed whole buildings almost instantly. <laughs> um, the good news is that there are visible signs of sinkhole trouble and your home can be protected. Tell that to that truck in that car. There, what is this sign that it just fell right in front of you? That's a good sign. Don't so fall there, in the pit. So you're telling me there's levels of infamy. There's levels of infamy. No Some kidding. sinkholes are like, you know. More infamous than others. Yeah, like the most dangerous sinkhole. Well, like the one that sucked that guy out of his bedroom and they never found him. That That's that's one of those. That's yeah. a very infamous yeah. one. That's, yeah, a that's, that's the one everyone references too. So yeah, I think that'd be fair true. enough. Very true. Well everybody, we'll be back Wednesday. Sign up for the What the Truck newsletter. Go to freightwaves.com slash WTT. Find me on social media at Timothy Duno. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Go to backthetruckup.com and follow us on Twitter at Back the Truck and our uh, TikTok which is blown up. Back the Truck Up. Amen. All right. Don't be a stranger. Tell him how to be. Hey, peace and love. Spread it everywhere.